I went by the field of a slacker and by the vineyard of one lacking sense. Thistles had come up everywhere. Weeds covered the ground and the stone wall was ruined. I saw and took it to heart. I looked and received instruction. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and your poverty will come like a robber and your need like a bandit. Thanks, Peter. Let's pray. Lord, please help us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, this morning. To him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Well, summer's a good time, isn't it? A bit of a break between the years. Some of you hopefully have been able to have a bit of a, a quieter time over the last little while, some maybe even a complete break on holidays. But it's not long, let me warn you, and uh, 2024 is really going to start rolling again. And uh, the busyness of our diaries and of the different responsibilities we have are going to start to crowd in upon us. And so it's good uh, as we come to this point of the year that we've also come to this wisdom from God in Proverbs 24 about the slacker, the slacker. Now in Proverbs, this slacker comes up quite a few times and he or she, women can be slackers as well, you know, uh, as men, uh, comes up quite a few times. Uh, in other translations, they go, this person goes by the name of the sluggard. That's a good word, isn't it? The sluggard, a sluggish person. And uh, this person is known for the sin that we call sloth. Uh, here's a picture of a sloth. You get an idea of uh, the kind of uh, uh, features of this particular sin, just lying around sleeping all day. In chapter 26, uh, just a few chapters on, uh, it says that like a door turns on a hinge, so the sluggard or the slacker turns on their bed. That's the idea. Uh, it also says in, in that same passage that a slacker buries his hand in the bowl, but he's too weary to bring it to his mouth. Maybe something like this springs to mind. Um, yeah. And in our passage, the same theme, a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest, and uh, if you're a farmer, you're not going to get any work done, and poverty is going to come like a robber, and your need like a bandit. Here is God's wisdom for us this morning. Uh, but I think there's a big question that we need to ask this morning, and that is, what are we supposed to do with this proverb about the slacker? What I mean is that this can seem a bit extreme, especially that picture of the bloke on the couch with a pasta and the remote control. I, don't, I, I hope that not too many of us are often in, in that kind of situation. Most of us probably uh, aren't slackers, relatively speaking. We've probably got the other problem. We're probably working so hard that we need to rest. But uh, So what does this passage about the slacker say to us at the start of the year? Is this going to be a big stick saying you've got to do more, you've got to be busier? I hope not. So you might not identify with this slacker, this ancient farmer uh, in the Proverbs, because not many of us are farmers. Uh, but as I've prepared this talk, I've seen that, like a lot of the Proverbs, the more you think about these little sayings, the more that you dwell on them, uh, the, the more kind of implications you see that there are and connections, uh, the more you think about it, the deeper and more profoundly 
you see how relevant it is to us. And I think this passage is really relevant to us in our time. We're going to tackle it today in four steps. First, we're going to go for the obvious, what does it mean? And then we're going to go wider and see uh, what else it might mean for us. Then we'll go deeper and think about why it matters so much. And then finally, we'll go to Jesus and think about how even this passage about the slacker helps us to, uh, to know and appreciate Jesus more. So that's where we're heading. First, go for the obvious. It is pretty simple, clear wisdom for life here in this uh, passage, isn't it? That if you don't work, poverty will come to you. The writer tells us that he went by the field of a slacker and he saw that there were weeds coming up everywhere, there was a wall, the fence was falling down, and uh, obviously not much work had been done maintaining this field. And in verse 32, he saw and took it to heart and looked uh, and received instruction. There's a lesson to learn from looking at this slacker's field. It's not that the slacker says, oh, right, I've had enough farming, I'm going to go and watch cricket all day and forget about that. He hasn't made that decisive move. It's just a lot of little decisions that he's made. A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the arms to rest. And he's saying, I'll do it later. Uh, it'll still be there tomorrow. I'll, uh, I'll put it off till then. It's a bit like my attempts at dieting, let me tell you. One biscuit won't matter. I'll get serious tomorrow. Now, my dieting may affect me in the long term. It will, it will, or lack of. Uh, but if you're a farmer and that's how you provide for yourself and for your family and be generous to others, it's your livelihood, uh, and then you don't do anything, you just stay on the couch all day, well, it's going to lead in a world without social security to poverty. Now, we know that God is sovereign and he provides for his people, doesn't he? He does that wonderfully. But the way that God has set up the world is that it doesn't just come, bam, like that. I sit back and there's a bowl of pasta. It, the way that God uh, works is that he works through our working, doesn't he? That's how God has set things up. You reap what you sow. Or perhaps more accurately, you don't reap what you don't sow. That's generally how things are in our world. And I say generally because, of course, sometimes there are exceptions. That's something with the Proverbs. They often put something out there which is generally true, but there are always exceptions. So the, the slacker might win lotto and poverty won't come to him. Or he may uh, have an inheritance or be living off savings or be supported by a friend or by his family. And so... He may survive. Uh, and, of course, the other way, some farmers can work really hard, but their crop is ruined at the last minute by a fire or a flood. It's not absolute, but generally speaking, this is the way the world works. If you don't work, poverty will come to you. Now, even at this obvious level, I need to ask you, is this a lesson that you need to learn? Could it be that you are a little bit of a slacker? There's a bit of a slacker in your heart. Uh, if, if so, then God's word to you is pretty obvious. It's time to get off the couch or get off the gaming console or the golf course or whatever it is that you're doing instead of earning a living to provide for yourself and your family and others. 
But as I said, I suspect that not many of us uh, are feeling this very directly. Many of us are retired. We have the great privilege of being provided for by our savings from many years of hard work in superannuation or however, however you've set it up, or the pension. What a blessing to have social security. Uh, maybe you're not able to work. This passage is not uh, putting a, a, a guilt, guilt trip on you for that. Maybe you're working hard already in other kind of work in the home or as a volunteer. You're not lazy and lying around on the couch. You, you're working. I reckon that uh, people who are staying at home looking after kids work harder than most people in our society, don't they? Work is not just what you're paid for, is it? Well, if this, you think this is not really applying to me, then keep listening because step two is to go wider. You see, the real problem here, I think, is that the slacker is not doing the work that God has given them to do. They're being slack. That's uh, why I think it's not a bad translation, isn't it? If you've got a responsibility and you don't do it, then we say that person is being slack. And what the word, uh, and what is, so what is the work that God has given us to do? Well, it's, you find it all through the Bible, don't you? What God has uh, instructed us to do. But uh, Jesus sums it up pretty succinctly in Mark chapter 10. Uh, two directions, love the Lord your God with, big word, all, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind and all your strength with everything you've got. And if you're doing that, the second commandment flows out of that, love your neighbour as yourself, love and serve the people around you. This is what God has called us to do and so this is why we work. We work, whether it's paid work or unpaid work, to honour God who's given us the task of working in this world because he works through our work and so that we can uh, love others by providing for them, by providing for ourselves so we don't have to bludge off them, by being generous to others. Uh, this is what uh, the work is that God has given us to do. And as I said, it's much wider, isn't it, than just earning a living in a farm or in an office or wherever it is, driving a bus or whatever you do. Uh, just think, what, what works has God given us to do in, in loving him? Well, Jesus said that the work God requires is this, to believe in the one he has sent. There's step one. You're not loving God if you're not trusting and following Jesus in your life. You need to become a Christian. That's step one of God's will for you. And as Christians, God has called us to live new lives. Our work is to keep being transformed by God to know him more and more and to uh, live his way and become more and more like Jesus. He has, we're told in Ephesians, prepared in advance good works for us to do. God's given us plenty of work to do in loving him. Uh, how are you going in that? It's one thing to say, oh, I'm not a slacker because I'm out earning an income or I have in the past and now I'm living off the, the benefits of that. Praise God for that. But, how, but could it be that you're a slacker in this work that God has given you to love him with all your heart, soul and mind and strength? A lot of people find themselves so busy getting around doing all the things on our to-do list and uh, seeing this person and that person and what have you that we kind of put God on the back burner. A little sleep, 
a little slumber, a little folding of the hands when it comes to our relationship with God. And we wonder why it is that we're distant from him. Could you be slack in this area? And loving others. If God, uh, God has put us in with all kinds of people around us, isn't he? He's, he's put us in families. Are you in a family of some kind? Most of us are. Well, if you are a husband or a wife, then you have a, a very important work to do, loving your spouse, caring for them. It's possible, isn't it, to be slack in that area? He's also given us, uh, if we're in families, if you're a, a child, then uh, you've got parents to honour. That's the work that God has given you to do. If you're a parent, you've got the incredible responsibility of teaching your children about Jesus and bringing them up in the knowledge and instruction of the Lord. How are you going with that responsibility that God's given you? It's much wider, isn't it, when you start thinking about it, all the work that God has given us to do. Uh, God has put you in a church. And he's given you a work to do here, encouraging your brothers and sisters, uh, serving one another in love. God's put you in a community, in a street, maybe in a club, a social club, a sporting club. Uh, He's given you a a workplace, perhaps, or a, a study place. And there are people there that God has brought before you for you to love, for you to serve, for you to share Christ with them, to do the work of the Lord in their life. God has given us so much to do. Can you start to feel the bite of this passage when you uh, think, it, think of work a bit more broadly? I'm sure that all of us are feeling a bit uh, weighed down because there's just so many people, so many responsibilities, so many relationships that we're trying to manage. And uh, I'd be surprised if you weren't feeling like a bit of a slacker in at least one of those, like I do. But if you're not, let me twist the knife a little bit more. Maybe you're not, um, maybe you're not kind of lazy, lying around on the couch and doing nothing. Uh, I, I, think that, um, I think that laziness can be a problem, but more often our problem is not laziness, is it? It's busyness, isn't it? Because we say yes to this good thing, yes to that good thing, yes to this, yes to this, yes to this. And it's hard enough to do any of them properly without being a slacker, let alone all of them. And so we end up being slackers on multiple fronts because we've said yes to everything. And so we're busy. Sometimes it's because we said yes to too many things. Sometimes it's because we throw ourselves into one or two good areas and we neglect the rest. We're working really hard to provide for our family, but we haven't got time for our wife or our kids. Or we're working so hard to raise our kids that we haven't got time for anyone at church. Or we're working so hard at church that we haven't got time for our family life. Things can be out of balance, can't they? Good things that we're giving to, but not getting the proportions right. And sometimes the things that we're giving ourselves to, which mean we neglect other things, aren't even the good things. Sometimes they're things that aren't about loving God and loving others, but serving ourself, indulging ourselves with our hobbies, uh, with our... uh, Uh, just um, leisure time. We can spend hours and hours watching TV, perfecting our lawns. Speaking to myself there. Doing it, not that it's perfect, don't go and look at it. (laughs) Doing our craft, travelling the world, just hanging around. There's a real word here, I think, for retirees. 
or soon to retire. But uh, what an opportunity you've got. Suddenly, you've got 40 hours, 50 hours a week where you weren't, you don't have to go and earn a living anymore. What are you going to do with that time? And you've probably got 20, 30, 40 years of that. You've got a wonderful opportunity given to you by God to do the works that he's prepared for you to do. What are you going to do with it? You're going to love God with your time and your energy that God's still given you? Are you going to love and serve others? Or is it going to be about you? It's a challenging thing. I'm not that far off retirement. I have to think about this as well. But uh, there it is. I told you that I was going to tighten the screws a little bit. But I do want to make two qualifications quickly. One is... Uh, I don't think that uh, what this is saying is that we should never rest. Uh, uh, The slacker is someone who doesn't work when he was supposed to work. But remember God set up for his people Israel, work six days, rest one. Rest is really important. Rest is a good gift from God. Rest is deciding deliberately not to work. And God said at least a day a week is a really good thing to do. And if it was good in the law, then uh, it's good for us too. And so uh, rest is uh, about stopping work so that we can enjoy God and his creation and so we can be renewed and refreshed so we can keep loving God and keep on loving our neighbour. Rest is good. Don't feel guilty about rest. In fact, feel guilty if you're not resting. Maybe some adjustment is needed in your life to say no to some other things that are good or some other people who are hassling you about something and say, no, I need to rest. Second thing, qualification. Uh, I want to just, I kind of said this before, but I want to emphasise it a bit more. Some people might be feeling really weighed down here because you might be feeling like, yeah, I am a slacker. But maybe you shouldn't be feeling like that because in your situation in life, now is not the time when you are able to do the work that maybe you once could or maybe you will in the future or maybe you think that you should be doing. Maybe you've got big responsibilities to care for an elderly parent, to care for young children. Maybe you yourself are incapacitated. Uh, Maybe uh, you have a mental illness. It's just really, really hard to uh, motivate yourself to, uh, to get energy to serve others. Maybe your work at the moment is to persevere through a really hard time that God has given to you to grow you. Maybe that's the work that you've got to do at the moment. Please don't feel beat around the head that you're not out there earning a living because we're thinking wider than just this particular situation of this slacker here. Do you see what I'm saying? What I'm saying really is that all of us actually are slackers. We might not have immediately identified with this uh, slacker in Proverbs, but we're human. And we, we, we don't fulfil all our responsibilities. And so, having said that, we need to go a bit deeper and see why this matters. Step three. I want to suggest to you that being a slacker actually reflects a deep spiritual problem. You see, when we pursue our own agendas in life, when we follow our passions and dreams like the movies tell us to, Instead of God's purpose for us, we're just living out our own life 
When we indulge ourselves instead of loving and serving God and others, what are we doing? We're actually rejecting God's goodwill for our lives. That's what the Bible calls sin. It's a spiritual problem and it's very serious because without forgiveness, being a slacker leads to judgment and ultimately to being cut off from God. So at first look, the proverb is simply about not being lazy and working to earn a living. But if we go wider, we can see that it actually speaks to all of life, to work and rest. And if we go deeper, I haven't given you the deeper, if we go deeper, then it, uh, we see that it's actually a very important and serious matter. Um, and so instead of thinking, oh, this passage is not relevant to me because I'm not lying on my couch with a bowl of pasta on my chest, you may well be feeling a bit overwhelmed and think, well, how can I ever not be a slacker? Maybe you know that there's some area of life that needs a bit of tweaking. Well, first of all, let me go to step four. The good news is what we need to do is actually go to Jesus See, what, is, what on earth, you might think, has this proverb from the Old Testament got to do with Jesus? Well, I actually think, if you think about it, and you think about Jesus, you see, uh, this really instructs us about to appreciate him more. Jesus is the ultimate non-slacker. He always loved God with all of his heart, soul, mind and strength. And he loved other people, didn't he? He gave himself to others. He, he came... And he said that I've come to do the work that of the Father, the work the Father has given me to do. And he said no to other agendas that people wanted to put on him. Even really good agendas like thousands of people coming to him for healing and he could do it. But he, had, but, he, but he said, didn't he? No, I've got to go away and pray. I've got to go away and preach. This is not why I've come. He was faithful. And... Uh, he was uh, faithful to the end. Uh, he ultimately came to die on the cross. In obedience to his father and out of love for the father and for us, he died for slackers like us to pay the price for all the rebellion that's in our hearts and all our failure that uh, we have in, in living rightly. And not only that, after he was raised from the dead, when we turn to him, he gives to us the status before God of his perfect life, of the perfect worker. How good is that? Before God, even though we fail in so many ways, because of Jesus, we're not slackers. We're precious children of God. He lived the life we can never live. He died the death we deserve to die, and he shares it with us. That is wonderful. But the second thing to see is not only that, but he's also now the gracious Lord. Remember what Jesus said? That uh, he said, I better make sure I get it right. He said, uh, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. We don't come to him and he gives us a whole more long list of things to do. He come, when we come to Jesus, he gives us the ultimate rest. In this life, we get a taste of it, the joy satisfaction, the meaning, the purpose, the fulfilment, the hope, the forgiveness, the life that he offers. But in the world to come, 
we receive it completely and forever. True rest doesn't come by binging on Netflix, you know, or by lying around eating chocolate or even lying on the beach. That might be good for a short time, any of those things. But actually it comes from aligning your life with God's will for you, which is to love him and to love your neighbour, trusting and serving the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we're made for. And I think that's the lesson that we can, by extension, learn from the slacker. But one last thing I want to say. See, knowing all of this actually motivates us, I hope, to arrange our lives uh, according to God's purpose for us. As we get into this new year, 2024 is getting underway. We're making decisions. We're signing up for things where uh, some of us just roll on from the year before. Others have opportunity to uh, change things up. But I wonder if your life needs some re-evaluation at the moment. Maybe in one area, maybe the whole thing. Uh, I find that my life constantly needs re-evaluation. It's like that in life, isn't it? Situations change. Uh, you know, what you do when you're a single person is very different to married, which is very different to when you've got kids, which is very different between when they're little to when they're older to when you're retired. Uh, it's different all the time. Things are changing. And so we need to keep changing and re- thinking hard about how can I align my life with what God has, the work that God has given me to do? What things do I need to say no to and stop doing? What things do I need to make a priority and start doing that I've been putting off? I don't know what it is for you. I know some of the things for me. I've made a few changes this year. Let me make a confession to you. Last year, I got into a bad habit. Early in the morning when I first got up, I would open up my tablet and I would do one Sudoku and one solitaire game and waste half an hour. And I thought, what a waste of time that is. And it just becomes a habit and you just do it and uh, I, I just kind of justified it to myself because I thought, oh, well, this is just getting my brain going in the morning and uh, this kind of thing. But I thought, oh, I, can, I can do something better than that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's not a sin. But I felt like I need some tweaking. I wonder if there's some tweaking that you need. As you think about the different responsibilities you have, is the proportion right in your life? Is there one you're neglecting? Are you resting well? May God help us this year to live wisely in his world and to learn the lesson from the slacker in Proverbs 24. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for this word of wisdom. Please help us, Lord. It's complicated to know what to do and what not to do. And you know that there are all kinds of stresses and strains and pressures that we have. Sometimes they're conflicting. Lord, please give us wisdom. Please give us courage to align our lives with the uh, program that you have set for us, to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind and strength, and to love our neighbours as ourselves. Please help us, Lord, to have courage to say no when we need to and to say yes when we need to. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.